All right, everybody, welcome to the Locked On Avalanche podcast. Ross Colton is signed. Four years, $4 million AAV. Some people like it. Some people don't like it. Some people are, eh, where do we stand? New episode of Locked On Avalanche coming at you. Your Locked On Avalanche, your daily podcast on the Colorado Avalanche. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, everybody, welcome to the Lockdown Avalanche podcast. We're part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Chris Maselli. With me, as always, Mr. Shaggy Von Doom, Kyle Sullivan. Thank you for tuning in and making it your first listen of the day. That is always appreciated. Make sure to follow us on our social media outlets, L-O-P-N underscore Avalanche on Twitter, Lockdown Avalanche on Instagram and threads. Uh, questions, comments, concerns, and opinions, Avalanche at gmail.com. And make sure to follow us on our YouTube channel over on YouTube. Hit subscribe, get notified when a new show goes live. And definitely subscribe to our subtext as well. Link to that is in the show notes below. Subscribe and chat with Kyle and I one-on-one. Uh, it's Wednesday. We will be getting to some very good Instagram questions. There's a couple over there on the side that Kyle is uh, Vanna Whiting us right now. Um, we'll get to those a little bit later. But for now, Ross Colton. And the Avalanche avoid arbitration, which we kind of figured that he would. Most of these get figured out before it even gets to arbitration. Um, and all along, we were thinking, all right, it's going to be in the 3 to $4 million range. It was. We were at the high end of that. It was $4 million per year for the next four years for Colton. And it just kind of you know, reading the temperature on social media, I think most people think this was a little bit too high. Um, And some other people are saying, let this play out because by the end of this, when the cap has gone up significantly at the end of four years, this could look like a very good deal for the Avalanche. A lot of people think that this is a good situation for him and he can really even blossom more as a player at this stage in his career underneath the Avs, you know, uh, game game plan and how then their style of play, where do you stand? Is, was this a, a, an okay dollar amount or were you hoping for a little bit lower? Yeah. And you know, when that was announced, I, I kind of saw all social media splitting in two camps. Like the number crunchers are saying, Hey, just wait, this is going to pay off. But everybody's like knee-jerk reaction is four million dollars. Um, I was in that camp for just maybe about 30 seconds. And then I remember the wise words of one Adam Denker from Locked On Lightning when we had him on the road trip. And my goodness, he gave Ross Colton a lot of hype. And the more I thought about mm-hmm. it, I was like, you know, this is gonna be one of those deals that I think is going to pay off in the long run. Right now, it might sting. It might, it might feel like they're overpaying, but I just have this sneaky feeling that it's going to be one of those deals that about trade deadline we're laughing at. It's another one of those, a typical Chris McFarland steal right here on mm-hmm. Ross Colton. I can't believe we got him for four years at this price because he has the potential of like shifting up to that second line easily with his with, with what he potentially can do. If needed, like I don't, they're not going to ask him to do that. 
if things, you know, if there's a repeat of last year uh, where there's, uh, you know, uh, injuries and stuff like that, and you need him it. to do that every once in a while, I think he he's capable of doing that. But, um, and you mentioned Adam, Adam is not going to just blow smoke and, no. and say things that you want to hear. Um, I, I think, I think genuinely he, Adam wanted him to stay cause he, he likes what he brings. So, um, yeah, he, he had a glowing review of him and how he played with, with the lightning. And, and, you know, to me, like I, I was thinking in the three and a half, three, I was going back and forth, yeah, like 3.3, maybe up to 3.6 and okay. It's at four. Is this like, you know, I'm thinking like 3.6 and it's not like they went and signed them for five or, or matched like, you know, JT Comfort money and did 5.1. Yeah. Then we're having a different kind like we're, and I know like it, it's a cap crunch for every single team. That's why I wanted him to come in at a little bit lower number was because I wanted as much money as possible in the bank to do what you need to do to, to get Ben Meyer signed, which is not going to take a lot of money, but maybe even, you know, sign a couple extra guys if needed, which you still can do. You have 2.8 million left under the cap, which, you know, some of that's going to go to Myers, not a lot, but you probably should have about 2 million left if you need to sign guys, or you can just say, Hey, we're done. And then when the, the trade deadline comes around, you got some money in the bank that you can play around with. So that's why I wanted it to come down to a little bit lower number. We paid JT Confer $3.5 million last year to do what he was doing for the duration of that contract. And with the exception of one year, didn't live up to that. Didn't live up yeah. to a $3.5 million number. I th- to me personally, I was not crying when JT Confer left. I liked him. I rooted for him. I thought he was, was relatively okay on this team. I was fine with him not bringing him back. You mentioned potential with what Colton can do. I think Ross Colton will give you better production than JT Comfort did, even including that last season that he had with the Avalanche. So, yes, $4 million I think is going to look like a fine number. And we're really just – people are kind of arguing over $500,000. Literally, that's kind of what we're arguing about. And like I said, I get it with, with how the cap is in a flat cap but I'm not going to go run through walls because it's 400,000 or $500,000 more than I was thinking they were going to sign up for. And we also have to do this little exercise where everybody looks to your left, look to your right, look down, look up. It's July. Mm -hmm. This isn't done yet. There could be money moved around. There could be, there's still moves to be made. There's still pieces to add or take away from this team. You don't know what the salary cap is going to look or how much money they have when the season starts. As of right now, you made a fantastic point. Like the the, the contrast between JT Comfer and what Russ Colton can do potentially, I don't think it's enough to cry over five hundred thousand dollars. No, it's not. It's not, and, and that's that's kind of what I'm 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 getting a kick out of. Like I get it. If you think they overpaid for him, then okay, but they overpaid by. Like I said, five hundred thousand dollars. I'm not an overpayment by one and a half million dollars or two million dollars. I is... I am pretty sure if we signed JT Comfer for that exact same deal we just signed Ross Colton to, I think fans would be like, "Wow, that's a little steep," but at least we kept him. 
Oh, you mean like the four million dollars? Yes. If, yeah, if they signed if they signed JT Confer to four years, four million dollars, everybody's like, wow, four million. Well, I guess that's what it takes to keep him on the team. Welcome back, JT Confer. Absolutely. Nobody would be arguing. That's a fantastic point, Kyle. Nobody would be arguing over getting JT Confer back for four million dollars. And if I'm wrong, I will say that I'm wrong. I was wrong with Alexander Georgiev. I was the jury was out for for him with me, and he proved me wrong. Couldn't be happier that he did. If Colton goes out and and just does not have a good season, and you know I, I will come even during the year if he's struggling, I have no problem coming on this show and saying like, hey, he's not even living up to that four million dollars, you know. And and if JT's doing well with Detroit, okay, you know that, that that's we let that guy go. I just don't see it happening. I know everybody was enamored with JT Confer in that last year that he had, and he had a great year in a contract year, which is what he was supposed to do. Well, what he was supposed to do was have that kind of year for the duration of that contract. Uh, but players do what he did all the time. They step it up in the contract year, and he got paid. You want to talk about an overpayment? To me, that's an overpayment, and we will talk about that on Friday because our road trip, we thought it was going to Chicago. It's going to go to Chicago next week. It's going to Detroit this week. I can't wait to talk about the Ross Colton deal and JT Confer deal and kind of talk about them and compare those two with the guys from uh, Locked On Red Wings. That's going to be a fun conversation to have. Yeah, I, I, I'm curious to see if they're excited about paying 5.1 for JT Confer, and we're paying 4 by 4 for if you listen to Adam on the episode we talked to him, he was part of the rebuilding. Like he was going to be a core piece of a rebuild, mm -hmm. but it just didn't work out that way. But to have that much potential to rebuild around Ross Colton on the Lightning, I think we are all right. I mean, you got Ross Colton and Ryan Johansson for a grand total of eight million dollars, and JT Comfer is exited, and Alex Newhook has exited, and what they signed for was a grand total of $8 million. I mean, are you telling me the avalanche didn't make out in this right now? I feel like they did. Yep. I feel like they did. And I, and I just don't feel like we should be uh, ripping our hair out, which I can't do uh, over, like I said, 400 or $500,000. I think in the long run, it's going to be a good deal. I think it's going to be a, a pretty good deal. And some people are like for, you know, $4 million a year for a third line guy. Yeah, what you, third line guys are, are not your one million dollar players. Some of those guys are in that range. Look at JT Confer. Yep. If if they're, they're going to put him above a third line, good luck, Detroit. Good luck. In my opinion, they're paying five point one for a third liner. I'm so. curious to see who ends up with more points at the end of the year. Be fun, JT or Ross. We will keep track of that as we go along. Uh, we're going to take a quick look at. Next offseason, because someone asked the question about Gabe Landeskog returning um, and, and what that dollar amount does and who does that mean that they have to move. But it doesn't necessarily mean they have to move anybody. Maybe a couple of players here and there, but not this big sweeping fire sale that you might think that the Avalanche need to do if Gabe Landeskog does return. We're going to get to that in just a minute. But first, we're going to talk about FanDuel, and you can take your first swing at betting Major League Baseball on FanDuel, and you get 10 times your first bet amount in bonus bets 
up to $200. That's right. Just bet 20 bucks and you will land $200 in bonus bets. And you get those win or lose, Kyle. Win or lose. So if you're betting against the Rockies, which is a good bet these days, uh, except when they're playing the Yankees, obviously, <laughs> uh, you can get that $200 back in bonus bets. Or if you want to bet Kyle's Atlanta Braves, they're still they're still riding high, sir. Yeah, they are tied at 13 right now against the Diamondbacks at time of recording. That's the tied at 13? In the eighth inning. I was going to say, what inning? Is this like the third inning or something? That <laughs> <laughs> One of those games. I've never understood that about baseball. When things get off the rails and those freakish games where like 20 runs are scored, why is there not a pitcher that can come in and just shut the door? It just seems like it's a mass... Momentum is on both teams' sides, so it's it's just it's a hitter's be. park, I guess, tonight. Austin Riley with two home runs already. Oof, oof. So you can do all that betting, whether it's in the Rockies or on the Braves, on an app that's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Plus, when you win, you can get paid instantly. There's no better place to bet on Major League Baseball than FanDuel, America's number one sports book. So sign up today and visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to get up to 200 times or $200 in bonus bets back that's fanduel.com slash locked on. Fanduel is the official partner of Major League Baseball. All right. Uh, some Instagram questions. And we're going to be doing this throughout the remainder of the offseason on Wednesdays. So if you want to uh, jump in on that, follow us. Like I said, over on Instagram, questions go up there. We answer them briefly on that. Uh, what is it? Stories or something? I think it's yeah. stories. Yeah. And then uh, we pick a, a few of them and kind of give a more robust answer to some of them. So let's jump into them right now. And if you're watching on YouTube, we're throwing them up on the bottom of the screen there. Uh, CT Kaufman. So is that, is he like from Connecticut? Maybe Connecticut might Kaufman? be. Maybe. I don't, we're just going to go with that. Uh, assuming Landis Scott comes back next year, who departs to make room for his cap hit? Um, here's the thing with that. So Landis Gaga is obviously going to be out for this year. He's going on LTIR. They'll have that $7 million. Even with that $7 million, you're still at like 2.8 left, right? <clears throat> Next year, the cap is expected to go up. They don't have that number yet, but the expectation right now is it could go up nine to $10 million, which brings in the 92, 93 range there. Right. Mm -hmm. So, if you look at the Avalanche roster next year, this year was a ton of unrestricteds and restricteds, and you knew it was going to be a different-looking team. The team that you have right now is going to be your team for a little while mm -hmm. because there's not a lot of guys that you have to sign next year, with the exception of Devontae's. He's the big, the big one that everyone's going to be talking about until it happens and what are the Avalanche going to do with him? So if the if the cap goes up by that much, we'll just use round numbers and say $10 million. Obviously, seven of that comes off. That goes back to Gabe Landeskog. Now you have three. And hey, if you still have, like say, two in the bank and you don't do much, add another two onto that. There, there There's a couple... Let me bring up their cat friendly. There's a couple names coming off in terms of um, unrestricteds. You have Cogliano, yes. Drew Lynn will Drew be – that's going to be tricky because yeah. if he has one of those years like everybody's predicting with Nathan McKinnon, you know, buddy-buddy, it might be overpaying, might be 
do you pay to keep him? Do you mm-hmm. you let him walk? Right. But that that could get interesting. So that that's to, to kind of just you know finish up this thought. Like seven is going right to Landeskog. You got to figure out if you want you know how you're going to sign Taves. I'm sure they're going to want to, but you don't need to move a ton of of money around to try to make this work. All of these guys are signed for next year. So what your cap number is right now pretty much goes over into next year with a couple moves here and there. All of this could work for the avalanche. It genuinely could work for them. I hear keyboard clacks. Oh, it's the Sammy G talk again. Mm, Yeah, that will always be there. And, and we'll say it again for, for the everydayers when, and if they ever trade Sammy G it's going to be because of this to make room for money because they, they need to free up some money. I'd never think they're going to get rid of him because of performance. He's had some, some bad games. He had a bad season. Uh, not this past season. I thought he was fine this past season. The year before that, struggled. Mm-hmm. Um, but they are not throwing in the towel on him at all. And I know some fans already have, and they're not backing off of that. Fine, whatever. Um it, it could happen there where they need to free up a little bit more money. And I mean, if you're telling me you're going to pick between Devon Taves and Sammy G, the answer is Devon Taves every day, twice on Sunday. And for, for the abs, like, you know, you look at this and because you don't have to make a ton of moves because this team is going to look very similar. The team that you're seeing this year is going to look very similar to the year after you don't have a lot of, of moves that you have to make to free up the money to, to get him signed. Uh, Cause what do you think? I mean, he's doing 4.1 right now. What is he going to demand? Uh, are you looking in the seven range? I mean, Six he's not going to go, he's not going to go make higher than Kale McCarr. Who's at nine or 9.1. Is he at nine? Even I think. That's a contract that screams six to seven team. That's team friendly. You can do that. You can absolutely make that happen. And I think, you know, the Avalanche, while we're focused on what they're doing for this year, which of course you have to do, they're also planning for the future. And I think they've, when you look at this, when you look at next year, I think they've done a really masterful job of putting together a team for this year that is going to compete while knowing next year we're going to have that same team and we got to figure out the Landeskog angle. And we have to figure out the Devon Taves one. And they could do that all with how they've kind of gone about this offseason. Mm-hmm. It's pretty, pretty good, pretty good job done by Sackick and McFarland. And why should we expect anything less? I know some people aren't happy with the moves, but uh, they're thinking ahead. They're thinking ahead while thinking in the now. So pretty smart if you ask me. Please comment away if if that all made sense to you. Please, I want to hear it. <laughs> um, and and even you know, talking about acquiring players and what's left to be done if they do any more uh matt underscore hugh davis should we acquire patrick kane um this is going to be asked until patrick kane signs somewhere and if you ask me i don't think patrick kane is signing anytime soon i don't think patrick kane is signing when the season starts i think he's going to want to be what do you the, the have hip surgery? Was it? I, I believe so. I think it was hip surgery. Whatever surgery he had, um, he's recovering that, which was a four to six month recovery. So I don't think he is signing with anybody 
until he's 100% recovered from that, partly because he wants to be 100% recovered. And the other part is I think he wants to stand back and see what's happening in the NHL and where his services, for whatever they are right now, um, could be used best. Could it be the Avalanche? Hey, we keep saying like the Avalanche have gotten these guys that have to prove themselves. And while it only might be a couple months into the season when Patrick Kane says, I'm ready to, to go somewhere, do the Av- if, if it's not working out for some of these guys, do the Avalanche say, hey, Patrick Kane, we got, you know, a million to two million if you want to come in for a year. Uh, do they do that? I don't think it's something that they would ignore. I'm not saying that they do it, but I think it's something that they would at least have a conversation about. The answer is no. <laughs> it's Patrick Kane. What part no. of putting a bookend on your career screams Colorado Avalanche at the trade deadline? What? Well, there's no reason he doesn't want to come here. If he did, he'd already be here. No, I don't think so, man. I I, I, I think this injury thing. Like, I don't think he wants to be anywhere right now. I, I, I think, think it's either Chicago, but finish it out there, or mm-hmm. go to the Rangers, or go somewhere that he's on. He can get the fanfare he feels like he deserves. He's going to get forgotten about if he goes to Chicago, Detroit, Buffalo. He's going to get forgotten. So I think the only team that I would say, like, if he wanted to be there, he would have signed with them was is the Rangers. Yeah, because that's where he wanted to go at the trade deadline. He made that happen, um, and the fact that they're not bringing him back is a little bit telling. Um, but I think if he wanted to go back there, that would have happened. Anywhere else, I think he's completely fine sitting back and saying, "Like I am going to pick and choose where I'm going to go, and I'm not going to do that right now." And because you're waiting, you know, you might have a team that maybe gets out of the gate a little bit slow. Not that Patrick Kane is going to come in and just you know change the fortunes of your team. He's not that player anymore. Uh, but can he can he be productive? Yeah, he can be. So he might benefit. From a team saying, hey, we didn't get out of the gate good enough. Patrick Kane's hanging out there. Let's just go bring him in, see if we can't do get something jump started here with him. Just name recognition. You know, he's still productive on the power play. But um if the Avalanche are are you know hitting hitting their stride and, and things are going good, no, I don't think they they look at this. If they're the team that says, Hey, things are going a little bit rocky right now, do they either say, Well, they're going rocky because we got new guys on our team and let's give them more time. Or, you know, we always talk about that panic button, Kyle, and we talk about it way too early in the season. Do they say, Hey, let's, let, let's just uh, try to get something going here. Bring them in for <clears throat> a cool million. No, because Patrick Kane is not an afterthought. This off season was constructed without Patrick Kane in mind with Ryan Johansson, Miles Wood, Jonathan Drouin and Ross Colton. None of that screams. Oh yeah. And Patrick Kane. Yeah. He doesn't want to be and like the last credit of a movie. Uh, it, this does not feel like Patrick we'll Kane see. is anywhere in the plans. I will say I don't think it's going to happen. I don't think he comes to the avalanche, but do they kick the tires on it? Maybe. I'll even say maybe. So, um, and probably the last one we'll get to today, Maddie Tack says 2023-2024 player point totals compared to last year. He wanted us to do every player. We can't. We, we don't have time for that. But we might do something a little bit later in the offseason where we do like a <laughs> spin and Rigetto. Yeah, here we go. <laughs> well, I, I. Well, yeah. I mean, we're not going back that far. 
So we'll do some of the, the bigger names and maybe some of the, a couple of the newer names to see what we got. Obviously, we'll start with, with Nathan McKinnon. Um, the monster year last year, 111 points mm-hmm. in 71 games. What do you think he has uh, this season? 119. Hmm. I think he's blowing the doors off this year, especially with the team around him. It's not going to – He's the goals, or you're going to see an uptick in the goals, and he is going to be dishing apples like his name is Johnny Appleseed. Yeah, which which he does a lot anyway. Yeah, I think for him to finally break that barrier and get over that 100-point mark, um, now I think it's just going to happen year after year after year. Yeah. And it was effortless, and, by the way, last year. It didn't yeah, feel and, like he was climbing and having to struggle to right. get there. And he did it in 71 games. So, uh, you know, you assume – I don't want to say assume, but if he were to play – I think he was on pace for like 127 or 129 or something like that. I think he could be in there. I think he could be in the mid-120s. So I'll say a, a cool 125 for Nathan mm. McKinnon. Yep. How about Miko? Um, you know, obviously a fantastic year for him last year. He also hit the 100-point mark, 105. He played all 82 games. So what's uh, Miko going to have this year? I said Nate with 119, Miko yep. with 110. And and just because uh, it, it looks nice, I was going to say 111. Mm. Say 111, I think Miko improves upon it. And it could be even higher if he has Good. a team around him that is healthy. Just imagine that. Like the season he – like we keep forgetting that. I don't want to say we keep forgetting it, but I think we don't – impress upon it enough that he did that with that team completely on the injured list all year long. Yep. So you give him a, a fully healthy team for as, as healthy as a team can be, he might even be above that. So I, I do. I think he, I think he touches uh 111. We'll say that. Um, then we'll go to Cam McCarr. Um, you know, can he be a defender that hits the 100 point mark? He had 66 points in only 60 games last year. Uh, the year prior to that, 86 points in 77 games. Uh, so where's he go? I'm reading it into the future. Mm-hmm. I can it's see 101, it. and he's getting two goals in his last game of the season. Oh, oh so he's going to be at 99. And I think that last game of the year is against Edmonton, if I'm uh, correct. So maybe that could be a big game in terms of seeding. You know, uh, who gets a number one seed or something like that? I like your thinking. I had the same exact number. Really? I had one-on-one. Yep. I think he's just going to get over it. I'd love to see it the way that you just described it. That would be pretty epic. Uh, or even if he had 98, right, Ooh. and then got two goals and hit the century mark in that last game. That would be a, that'd be a chef's kiss right there. So uh, we're in agreement there. All right. Um, and we'll throw one more uh, regular before we get to a couple of new guys. Arturi Lekkanen. Um 51 points last year in 64 games by far his career high. Um, I He's an interesting one because I think a lot of people are expecting him to increase on that. And while he's on the avalanche, kind of like his point totals continue to climb, but how high can it go for Lekkanen? He's not typically known as like this massive scorer, but could he be on this team? What do you think? I know I said he can get 100 points. I know, I know, I know. I think 
even though he had he was in the 50 range last year, I think he could touch with his line mates easily 80. I would I would say 81, 82. I I was gonna go flat point per game player. And if Ooh. he can play 82 games, I think he has 82 points. Look at I us. think that's possible. You know, playing if he's on that top line, even even now, if he's on that second line, you'll you'll get some good, but if he's on that power play, if they can get things going on the power play, um, it would be a big jump. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and maybe I'm I'm you know, maybe throwing a little bit too much in there for him. Um, but I think he could, you know, what do you have? What did I say? 51 last year. Um, I, I think we can easily expect him to get at least 60 this year, at least. So uh, I think 60 is a good season. 70 is a great season. If he gets 80, that's a phenomenal season for Arturi Lekin. And, and God, if he, if he gets to that point, which I think is, is a long shot, um, this team's going to be pretty unbeatable. If he finds a scoring touch like that, that's pretty crazy. So it's yeah. going to be hard with that roster around him and his line mates to not get. I mean, it's going to be a vast improvement over last mm. year, and yeah. he's going to be more comfortable in the Avalanche system too. We'll do two of the new guys and then wrap things up. Uh, we'll start with Ryan Johansson. Brought in, obviously, to kind of man the second line. Uh, rough year last year, only 55 games played, 28 points. The year prior uh, was one of his better seasons, 79 games played with 63 points. What do you got for Johansson? I have a feeling he's going to hit like 60, flat 60, and it's going to yeah. be an improvement and something to build off of. I think so too. I think he could kind of replicate what he had that year prior to last year um, with 63 points. I, I think that's definitely in, in the realm of possibility for him. Um, so we're kind of in, we're kind of in agreement with with most of these most of these right now. But Jonathan Drewen is our last one. Um, career high was in 2018-2019 uh, where he had where'd it go? 53 points. He had that twice actually. But since then, it has not been good. Last year, 29 points uh, and 58 games played. And this is a big one. This is a big one. It'll be a big year for him. Um, obviously, it was a one-year deal, so it's kind of like a prove it to yourself, prove it to the league. What can he produce for the Avs? 37 points on the nose. So here's the thing. Like, you're seeing a lot of people do like these mock lines, putting him on the top line. I don't think he starts there. I, I, I think he works his way that. there. Yeah, I, I think I think that's too much pressure to put on him for a guy that they're bringing in to, to say, like, hey, you know, let's see what you can do. Here's a one-year prove-it deal. Go start on the top line with Nathan McKinnon and Miko Rantit. Like, I don't see that happening. I think they put him in the second line, maybe even to start the season on the third line. And that wouldn't be horrible. And let him get his feet wet on this team. Let him get used to the new system. And then if he can start producing, maybe he gets bumped up to the second. He's probably going to play on the top line at some point during this year just because. That's what Jared Bednar does. Um, what you said? You said 37? Yep. Um, and he had 29 last year, 20 the year before. Um, God, I... I, I, I'm going to, I'm going to say 40. Let's give him 40 Ooh. points on the season. Let's give him 40 on I mean, the season. And 
maybe that brings him back for another couple of years. If you show up to the Avalanche and play 82 games, you fall into 30 points. Pretty, I mean, it's, Alex I mean, Newhook, it's, anybody? Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's hard not to get so, 30 points on this team. You're right. So obviously the key is health. Um, so that's uh, where we are with those. So I, I don't know. For for Drewen and, and Lekkonen, maybe it's a little bit high, but it, it's definitely doable on a, on a good team. On a good team. So... Fire away in the comments section, everybody. What do you think about anything that we covered today? Obviously, the Colton deal um, and kind of a couple of player projections on, on points. Let us know in the comments section. But that will wrap it up for today. And thank you for tuning in and making this your first listen of the day. Definitely always appreciated. Friday, we're off tomorrow. But Friday, we hit the road and we will be speaking to the boys over in Detroit with the Locked On Red Wings guys. A lot to talk about there, as always, between these two. So that's going to wrap it up. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in. Really appreciate it. He is Mr. Shaggy Von Doom, Kyle Sullivan. I am Chris Maselli. This is the Lockdown Avalanche Podcast. We'll see you guys Friday. Go, Abs, go. Go, Abs, go.